What's going on, everybody? We're back. Another NFL pod, a special edition here in the holidays. Views from Section 400. You guys already know the deal by now. I'm Matt, joined by Jack and Brian to talk a little NFL in our final full NFL slate of the year. Uh, gets a little tricky with Bull Miss. We're splitting the show up next week. And uh, obviously, then we roll into the playoffs. And uh, every team isn't there. So we'll only cover the teams that are there. And uh, obviously some teams will be sitting on the couch. So really the last full time before the holidays get crazy that we can dive into an NFL slate. I didn't do too well last week. So I told you guys I'm coming locked in. I got the quarter zip on. I'm ready to go. Locked in for this slate. I'm bringing some juice. I really I'm looking at maybe maybe go undefeated. I know that's tough to do. But let's see, like, maybe if I can pull off a uh, only two or three loss week, I would definitely take would be totally electric. But without further ado, I think uh, I think it's time to kind of get into it. What do we say, guys? Do it. Let's do it. Let's run into it. Right. First game, Vikings Bengals Saturday at one o'clock. So we get the NFL slate on Saturday. Finally. You know, it's always electric. Uh, I think it's all right. I don't hate the Saturday NFL slate. There's a lot of nonsense games on Sunday anyway. You know, the regular season's ending, and we'll we'll definitely get into some d- disgusting games here. But, uh, Jack, how are you reading this one as uh, we kick off Saturday NFL? Yeah, Vikings coming into this one with Nick Mullins under center. Don't have a lot of faith in him. I guess they lost faith in Josh Dobbs, sat him down on the bench. Jake Browning on the other side, filling in for Joe Burrow, electric. And I'm just excited for him to get another win uh, for this Bengals team. It's definitely putting some pressure on the rest of those teams in the AFC wildcard race. I don't think the Vikings are really going to be able to hold on to their spot in the NFC race with Nick Mullins under center. So I love that defense over there in Minneapolis, but I'm going with the Bengals in this one, minus three. Brian, how are you reading this one, man? Yeah, no, I agree with everything Jack just said. Um, so I said a couple of weeks ago, Cincinnati was going to make the playoffs with Jake Browning because it's the month of the Huskies and Jake Browning, of course, a Washington Huskies alum. The three kind of scares me just because, you know, it's weird. You always say you hate pushes and I hate pushes too. So instead of taking the minus two and a half, what I'm going to do is go Jake Browning, all passing over just 200 yards, just throw for 200. And the Bengals on the money line, that should get you a nice little plus 101 or plus 105, whatever it is. But that's the pick here. Yeah, I love that play, man. Love it a lot. Uh, I won't be a copycat, so I won't I won't, uh, I won't, won't give that out. But I don't hate that pick at all. Um, I honestly like Jake Browning to throw a little more a little more here. So I'm comfortable taking his over. I think on FanDuel, you can get him at 235. ESPN bet, you might be able to get him at 230. Some of the other books are hovering around that range. I like him all the way up to like 240, 245. Um, I think he slings the ball around. The Vikings defense isn't very good. So I see them having a good day. And look, the the Bengals are hot right now with Browning at quarterback. So I think they keep it going, especially at home. Uh, and Nick Mullins isn't that good. So the Bengals defense shouldn't look horrible. But I think that's kind of how this game plays out. Browning should be able to do what he usually does. And, uh, you know, We'll kick off NFL Sunday or NFL Saturday with a big Jake Browning day and uh, probably a Bengals win. So good stuff there. Moving on to the Steelers and the Colts, Saturday, 4.30 p.m. 
kind of an interesting game here. Two teams in the playoff picture, on the playoff picture. I mean, both seven and six fighting for wild card spots. Steelers probably not really any shot at the division as they kind of faltered off here. Um, but yeah, I, I'll start with you, Brian. Uh, is, is there some Gardner Minshew magic brewing here? I, I, I hate both these teams. I guess the Colts are fun. They helped us cash our squad ride with, although the Bengals mainly did the, did the hard work in that over. But I, I think the Colts are more likely to make the playoffs than the Steelers. And the numbers back that up, especially if they win this week. Mitchell Trubitsky, I know he was a high pick. I know he's probably a great guy, but that guy should never be in the playoffs. So for that reason and that reason alone, I'm taking the Colts at home here. Yeah, I do also like the Colts in this one for the same reasons Brian said. If you're going to look at these two teams entering the playoffs, you got to give the nod to, unfortunately, not Mike Tomlin, but on the other side, Colts. I mean, they're they're a pretty good squad. Gardner Minshew has kept them alive throughout all this. One thing to note for this game, they won't have Jonathan Taylor. He's been banged up, you know, pretty much all season. But uh, he has been around for a little while, gave this offense a little extra life. I'm going to stay away from this game. I think both of these teams want it real bad, and it could go either way when, it call, when all is said and done. My play in this one is going to be Jalen Warren on his rushing over, set at 46.5 right now. I'm going to take the over on that. I think that the Steelers know that he's the, probably their best playmaker on offense right now. I know Pickens and uh, Deontay Johnson are great receivers over there. Pat Fryermuth's a good tight end, but Jalen Warren's the most explosive player on that offense, and I think that he's going to need to get at least 50 yards rushing uh, in this game. Regardless of a win or not, they need to feed him the ball. Yeah, and Trubisky isn't really that competent of a passing quarterback. At least he hasn't shown it. And I know his over-under set at like 170 and a half. So that shows you that Vegas doesn't uh, see him having a field day. But they also didn't see Zach Wilson having a field day when his line was 184 and a half last weekend. And he threw for over 300 yards. So it's still to be seen, but you know, I, I can't I can't have any confidence in Trubisky, especially what we saw him do against the Patriots uh defense, which is okay, but the Patriots aren't that good. So no faith there. Um I think it's really all Shane Steichen, man. The offense is electric. He is a guy that the Eagles let get away. Obviously, if you get offered a head coaching position, that's kind of the way it goes. Um, but he look at the Eagles offense from last year and look at it this year. I mean, it's a night and day difference. It's at Shane Steichen is the sole reason. And now look at the Colts with the Gardner Minshew. They're moving the ball downfield. The offense is, is usually pretty fluid and they're getting the ball into their playmakers hands, uh, i.e. fucking Mike Pittman. And they're scoring points. So they have a winning record. They're getting it done with Gardner Minshew. And I think St Shane Steichen will be an elite head coach if he's not already. Obviously, he's a rookie head coach, so it's yet to be seen. I think he'll be an elite head coach for years to come. I think the Colts finally found their long-term uh, you know, solution uh, at the head coaching position. But a play in this game, I got to stick with the hot hand. I said they'll get the ball to Pittman early and often. Over six and a half is another doable reception line for him. Uh, he's been averaging in that eight to ten range. They're going to give him a lot of targets, so as long as he catches the ball, um, he's going to soar over this over for six and a half receptions. So look for him to have eight-plus receptions on the day. I think he clears the six and a half. Uh, 
and that's my play for that. But I want to jump into the next one now. The final Saturday night or, or the final Saturday game happens to be at night, Saturday, 8-15, Broncos-Lions. Broncos traveling to Detroit. So Brian will get his Ford Field aesthetic. Um, I know the Broncos, you know, have been playing well. Lions, uh, Lions are nine and four, and they're looking looking to kind of keep turning it around here and stay electric. Um, they've been relatively solid on the spread. I'm going to take a minus the four and a half. Think they could win this by a touchdown, and uh, especially at home, um, that's the way I see it, man. They've been solid on on uh, you know they've been good against the spread, so I'll take the spread minus the four and a half. They could probably win this one by a touchdown. But, Jack, how do you see this one playing out uh, up in Detroit? Yeah, so before I get to my prediction, uh, I see in the, the notes here, Cortland Sutton has scored a touchdown in eight out of nine games this year. Last year, uh, you know, Russ comes over. Everyone's thinking, you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, they're going to have great seasons. I'm on prize picks. I see Cortland Sutton's touchdown line on the season is set at five and a half hammered the over on that said oh my gosh he gets six touchdowns on the season he's getting russell wilson in his to throw him the ball now this has got to cash easy well he had a pretty tough season last year as did russell wilson as did the entire broncos offense so that did not cash this year i mean come on that that would have cashed a couple weeks ago it's just sometimes it's all about timing right you never you got to get the years right maybe i should have done it two in a row two in a row but uh moving on from that and uh not really moving on too much my play in this game is going to be a Sutton TD uh the Lions defense has been very very poor over the past few weeks uh especially their past defense something happened to their past rush uh I, I know they've had a couple of key injuries but uh they they've allowed opposing quarterbacks to throw the ball at will and I think Portland Sutton gets in the end zone this weekend I think uh, Russell Wilson has himself a pretty decent day. Even though I do like the Lions to win, I'm just going to go with the Sutton TD in this one. I mean, yeah, you both kind of alluded to – I'm going to take two bets here, and you both kind of alluded to them. So first, Matt, you mentioned the Ford Field aesthetics. Denver linebacker Nick Benito may be out of this game, but that doesn't mean this game's not going to be Benito. It's going to be pretty. It's going to have the Ford Field lights on Fox. It's going to be beautiful. And this game is soaring over the 47.5 total. Partly because of Mr. Cortland Sutton and his eight touchdowns in the last nine games. Seven of them have come in the second half, so I'm not going to take his anytime touchdown. What I'm going to do, if he hasn't scored in the first half, I'm slamming Cortland Sutton to score in the second half. And you can get that for big juice. And the juice, honestly, it's going to be big, but it shouldn't be that big because this guy just scores in the second half of games. So take that and run with it because it's hitting. Yeah, I mean, if that's the way it's been trending, eight of the last nine, uh, I don't think you have a bad a bad angle there at all, especially if there's a, a little bit of juice on it. So, But let's jump over to Sunday now, right? We'll get into the 1 o'clock slate. Bears taking on the Browns, the elite Browns, behind elite quarterback Joe Flacco, elite defense. I personally think this team is going to make ridiculous noise. I already said in the last pod, uh, the Browns are going to travel to Baltimore in the divisional round and upset them. And Joe Flacco is going to do it in front of the Baltimore fans. And it's it's going to be awesome, man. Goodell likes the headlines. 
that is a headline for the playoffs if I've ever seen one. So look out for the Browns to make some noise. I know it sounds crazy, but how ridiculous would it be if the Browns sneak into the Super Bowl behind Joe Flacco? I don't think the AFC, um, you know, other than the Ravens, which the Browns are going to upset, I I mean – I don't know where the AFC uh, uh, makes some noise there, but Jack, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you see what's going on here. Yeah, all I'm going to say is if Joe Flacco takes this Browns team to the Super Bowl, Tom Brady's coming back next year. All right, and I don't think any of us are ready for that. So, but that would be- we might have fucking Brett Favre come out the woodworks. All right, so let's 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 pump the brakes on a Joe Flacco Super Bowl here. Um, I love I love the. I love the passion coming out of you. It's great, but I, I can't can't ride that with you. I can't. Um, I do like the Browns in this one. They have been hot. I uh, can't really trust Justin Fields and the Bears. You know, even though they have looked a lot, it looked they have looked a lot better on both offense and defense over the last few weeks. Um, ever since Fields returned from his injury, ever since they got Montez Sweat uh, to help out that pass rush. Uh, you know, they, they have looked a lot better on offense and defense, but I'm still going to roll with the Browns here at home. Tough place to play. My Jags saw that the other week. Um, I'm going to go with Cole Komet. I think they're going to have to throw the ball around a little bit. I'm going to go with my play as Cole Komet over 36 and a half receiving yards. Uh, as I just said, my Jags played these Browns last week in Cleveland. Evan Ingram had 11 catches. 95 yards, two touchdowns. I think Cole Komet can manage 36 and a half yards. Yeah, so you mentioned Justin Fields. When I was looking at this game, I was just thinking, this has to be the biggest mobility gap between starting quarterbacks the NFL has ever seen. I was trying to rack my brain about any other game that's been like this, and the best I could come up with was maybe Mike Vick when he was on the Eagles against my guy Eli. But even then, Eli was still kind of in his physical prime. Joe Flacco's 38 years old. This dude has kids at home. He can barely jog. And Justin Fields might be one of the faster, not just quarterbacks, running backs in football. So what, what about what about Peyton versus Cam Newton? Yeah, Cam was like big physically and he was fast obviously, but he wasn't like known for his speed. That top speed though. Yeah, he, he was quick, but he wasn't he wasn't Mike Vick, Justin Fields quick. Oh, let's get back to it. Um, but yeah, because of that, and just because of that stat, I think it'd be funny to take Justin Fields over on the rushing yards. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I was on the uh, fields over last week and I don't think it hit. So I'm personally staying away from that this week, but I don't hate the play. Fields is obviously always a run heavy quarterback and, uh, you know, always is looking usually to get the extra yards and usually to, uh, to, to, you know, move down the field. He uh, he definitely isn't shy about running the ball. So look out for him to to go over that rushing. I'm personally going to stay away just because uh, it kind of blew up in my face last weekend. And we're talking about Joe Flacco here. Look, I understand you guys might not be convinced. You're not sold on it. The guy's thrown for like 300 yards and two to three TDs in all the games he's been back. He lit up, what was it, the Jags defense last week? Absolutely lit it up. 300 yards, three TDs. He's got the best defense in football behind him. Um, I, I just think, you know, to just to to dismiss him and discard him, you know, it's not like we, we've seen him play three games. 
And to just to completely dismiss him like that when he's got the best defense in the NFL, the best defense, and he's putting up numbers and has a talented offense, I just think it's, uh, you know, look, maybe he doesn't make it to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, but, like, if you're just dismissing Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Flacco, um, like, uh, like one of the political reporters said about Trump in 2016, dismiss him at your own risk. Uh, because Joe Flacco can make some noise. And to prove it again, he's going over the 227 and a half passing yards. think he soars over that with ease. Um, and, and I'll take the Browns on the money line. I think that's a, that's a pretty that's a pretty you should be able to get them at decent odds on the money line since the spread's only only minus three. So I'll go Bra- uh, Browns money line. I'll take Joe Flacco's over passing yards. Look for him to have another 250 plus. Uh, and and possibly a couple TDs lobbed in there. Dismiss him at your own will. But I guess with that, we can kind of jump over uh, to the Jets and the Dolphins. If the Jets win, not only will, you know, obviously we have the Giants fans on their own delusional train, but we'll start seeing the Jets fans coming out of the woodworks on the delusion train. Uh, So we'll have two New York teams that aren't very good with delusional fan bases who think who are just analyzing all the playoff scenarios of how they can sneak their way in. If the Jets win this game, though, I think they have the more realistic shot to get in if I had to pick one between Giants or Jets. Uh, But it's going to be a tall task against a Miami team that is pretty electric. But there are murmurs. I mean, Tyreek Hill hasn't practiced the last three days. So there's a big risk that he's out for this one. Uh, Brian, I'll, I'll leave it up to you, man. With uh, Tyreek Hill's availability uncertain, uh, is this a game the Jets maybe sneak out and, and win? No. This is a game the Miami Dolphins are going to be pissed about because they lost, obviously, in horrendous fashion to the Titans last week. They were the first team since 2016 to blow a 14-point lead with under three minutes left in a game against the Will Levis led dead Titans team. So Mike McDaniel has the boys fired up. Um, I think Mostert goes crazy here. Devon Achan goes crazy here. Even if Tyreek's not there, they still have Jalen Waddle. Tua might struggle a little bit against that good Jets pass defense. So I'm not going to touch any player props, but this Dolphins defense is good. I know they kind of got you know lit up at the end of last week's game, but Jack Wilson's not throwing for 300 again. The Dolphins are covering this spread. They're going to 10 and 4 and they'll be they'll have a chance to get that one seed in the AFC. So, yeah. I guess, man. Yeah. I mean, I I I honestly don't really know how to read this one. The over under is a weird number. Um and you don't know how the Jets are going to come out after blowout uh blowout win and Zach Wilson throwing for 300 yards but Jack are, are you with Brian here or uh are you still thinking the Jets have a little bit of magic left in the tank you know I'm gonna ride with Brian here I think that the Dolphins are covering that nine and a half but it's it's because of the line and and the line and 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 the public the, the way the public's gonna view this game I mean we kind of talked about it. The Jets coming off a big win. Zach Wilson looking great, throwing for 300 yards. Dolphins, on the other hand, blowing that primetime game against a rookie quarterback. Uh, just awful. I mean, Dolphins fans were pissed, I'm sure. I had a ton of friends 
who were at the game uh, down there in, in Fort Lauderdale, and they were all pissed. I mean, Monday night game, you get there after work, you're having friends, you're having drinks, and they blow a game like that. I mean, just terrible. So public is down on Miami. Public is up on Jets. And still this line comes in at nine and a half Miami's way. It seems a little too big compared to what should be happening right now. So I think I think the Dolphins cover it. I think that they're going to, as Brian said, you know, not pump the brakes and, uh, you know, not be satisfied at 14 points. This might be another Broncos situation. I'm not saying that they're going to drop a 70 burger, but uh, they could they could put up some points in this one. That's what I'll say. They definitely can. And look, the Jets are coming off that big win and the Dolphins are coming off a horrific loss. So let down spot for the Jets and, and a spot for the Dolphins to come come in fired up. So definitely don't hate the play there. Um, I, I, You know me, man. I I don't hate the spread there, but I, I do hate big spreads. I kind of want to stay away from it. Uh, I do think they should be able to cover it. But it is the NFL, so things always get weird. Uh, but I do like... Uh, Robert Salah is a fired up head coach. The guy isn't ever trying to tank. He's not going to keep players on the sideline. He's going to play the team and try and win games. Um, you know, this isn't me setting up for me to go Jets money line, but I am setting up to take Brees Hall's over receiving yards. They went to him pretty early and often last week, and he looked pretty electric out of the backfield. So I will go Brees Hall over receiving yards. Think he'll hit his number with ease. And I think it's a nice little check down option uh, for Zach Wilson. I think they kind of found out they can utilize Brees Hall in the passing game pretty well. Let's see if Nathan or Nathaniel, Nathan, whatever his name, Hackett, gets creative and uh, dials up a couple uh, couple plays incorporating him, him into the offense. But for sure, Zach Wilson will, will at least have a couple check downs to him especially if uh, the pass rush is getting to him. So that's what we got for that one. Uh, I'm not even going to introduce this one. I'll just let Brian take over the Giants. What do you got, Brian? I mean, uh, you know, I know we're going to get some kind of out of control uh, play here. So I'll just let you have the floor. Yeah. Going to bust out my singing pipes a little early here, but uh, just a quick Hmm. one. Oh, Tommy DeVito. How much I love ya. Make football better. They're gonna win again. Uh, yeah, the Giants are winning again. I know the Saints defense is decent, but I refuse to believe any NFC South team deserves to be in the NFL. They should all be relegated to Canada. So the Giants are winning this game, and Tommy DeVito is going to... Yeah, he's going to throw for over 181 yards. And Saquon's going to score a touchdown. This is a spot where the Giants have a major letdown. I know a lot of people are looking at it like that. I think a lot of people are going to say the five and a half is a lot of points. I think this is a spot where the Saints cover the five and a half and the Giants finally slow down. I just don't like the Giants. I want to just put it, Derek Carr, you have a chance to just put a nail in the coffin and this nonsense. And this crap. I don't need to see look, the Tommy DeVito DeVito story, cool story. Great. But it's getting a little out of control. Let's pump the you want to talk about pumping the brakes? Let's pump the brakes. Saints get the job done. Minus five and a half. They win by a touchdown, maybe even more. And they put an end to this nonsense. Jack, how do you read this one? 
Yeah, I I hate everything about this game. I hate the Giants. Nothing good is – I mean, Tommy Cutlets, I mean, he's fun. Don't get me wrong. But what Brian said is right. He is making football fun again for those New York Giant fans. But the team overall is garbage. Uh, the Saints, Derek Carr is garbage. That was a terrible move for them to go get him. I could go on and on about that. But at the end of the day, hate this game. Every, hate everything about it. I guess my play in this one is going to be Saquon under 66 and a half rushing yards. Don't don't necessarily think that he's got the juice to put up 65 rushing yards in this game. And, uh, you know, the Saints are going to want to are going to want to win this one. So, yeah, I mean, and Saquon's usually been hitting his overs uh, most of the year here. I know uh, I know I, I at least cashed on uh, on Saquon over rushing yards, but you're right. The Saints defense is pretty legit and it's a big letdown spot for the Giants coming in off three, three straight wins. So uh, wouldn't be surprised if if they they we see a little collapse out of them here. And that's why I think the Saints are covering. It's a big line. It's a weird line. People are going to be all over the Giants, I think. All over the Giants, and this is one where the Saints just cover, and Vegas wins a shit ton of money because everybody's all over DeVito. On to the Chiefs and the Patriots. Patriots coming off a win. Zeke is the feature back. Who would have thought that in 2023? Zeke Elliott is the best offensive weapon on an NFL team, and the feature back. Pretty nuts, but he looked pretty good last week uh, being a cast, uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. I mean, seven catches for, I think, 50 or 60 yards, uh, rushed for maybe 40 or 50 as well. I forget what his rushing yards was. It might have even been less. I totally forget. But I know he had 24 four fantasy points, and, uh, yeah, he played he played well. So look for him to have a nice game. But here's a game where the Chief, uh, Chiefs get back on track. You saw Mahomes blow up last weekend at the refs, at the officials, in the press conference. Um, yeah, sure, it sucked. That was an awesome play by Kelsey. But it got called back. The guy was offsides. Uh, and, you know, Mahomes was bitching in the Super Bowl or, or um, you know, got that call in the Super Bowl on Bradbury last year. So it's real real kind of ironic that he's bitching about, uh, you know, ref, ref decisions um, where I think the offsides uh, last week was more clear cut than the holding call last year. But I know everybody will have very different opinions on that. Um, but in terms of this game, I think Mahomes is going over his passing yards. Uh, and I think we see a huge Mahomes game. I don't know what his passing TDs will be. And it's always tough taking that because it's not necessarily Mahomes. It's the people he's freaking throwing the ball to because they all suck besides Travis Kelsey. And I get it. They might have some nice young pieces, but this year haven't been good. I don't know how Katerius Tony is still on an NFL roster. I mean, that guy is just a headache to deal with, but he's there somehow, I guess, because they don't have anybody else, but give me Mahomes to go over his passing yards. Um, and I'll, sp- and I'll, I'll sprinkle a uh, Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown as well. think he finds the end zone, but uh, you know, I'll give it up to you guys. How are you reading this one after uh, a tough Chiefs loss last weekend? Uh, Jack, what do you got? Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of ways that you could think about how this way is the way that this game is going to go. But I like what you said, touching into Patrick Mahomes, and he's going to come out in this one. He's going to be fired up. I mean, losing to Josh Allen, I mean, that's like 
that's kind of like his rival, even though Josh Allen just has not been on his level as far as the statistics go and, and in the playoff period, uh, playoff performances. Um, they're sort of rivals, and to lose to your rival, even in a regular season game on a bullshit play like that when you had it, I mean, he's going to come out in this one. He made an ass of himself, too. He, he pulled a brother, uh, Jackson Mahomes move, too. So <laughs> he, he he's going to come out in this one fired up. Uh, I think that they go to Kadarius Tony for a touchdown. So I actually have three plays in this one. I've got Kadarius Tony anytime touchdown. I've got the Chiefs minus eight. I think that the Patriots are just a very it, – it sucks to be a Patriot – uh, they're going to be falling victim to circumstance after what happened to the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Mahomes and the Chiefs, they're going to put a 40-burger on them. Um, so I got the Chiefs minus eight. And then the last but not least, I got Bailey Zappi to throw an interception. Uh, I, I don't know if Bill Belichick lets him throw the ball more than 10 times in this game, but if he does, he's throwing the interception. Yeah, it's usually – it, that's why Zeke's a great play as well if you were to think about taking a Patriots prop. So we'll go and see if Brian's leaning that way because he's about the only guy you'd take on the Patriots. I really hope you don't address the Patriots, though. But if that's the way you're going, I guess have at it, man. What do you got? No, yeah, the the Chiefs are winning this game. It's it, This game's going to suck. It's going to be – Patrick Mahomes and whoever is going to be the running back for the Chiefs just driving down the field and the Patriots giving it back every three downs. So I'll take the Chiefs minus five and a half. I'll buy it down to five and a half, take Mahomes to throw for 250, and take Rasheed Rice to catch three passes, three passes. All parlayed, same game parlay or what? Yeah, it'll be a little same game parlay with some uh, negative numbers there to get it to a – get it to a plus number to juice it up. I like it. Look out for Mahomes to have a day, maybe even drops 40 to 50 fantasy points for your round one of the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. No, no Pacheco in this one either. So uh, definitely, definitely look forward to seeing Mahomes air the ball out a little bit. Big Mahomes spot and I'm here for it. Um, but yeah, moving on Bucks plus three and a half against the Packers in Lambeau. We're in late December it's that Lambeau aesthetic. May, hopefully we see some snow. I need to see some snow at Lambeau, man, around Christmas time. It fits the mold and the aesthetic of the NFL. It's just, it, it's what it's what it is. You need it. We need it. We need to see the snow. So hopefully we get some crazy weather. I'm not sure what the forecast is. It's probably, probably nothing crazy. But if we get some snow, it's a cherry on top. Tough one to read because I think the Bucks are somewhat competent at times, and then they're also not. So it's obviously you don't know who you're getting here. But if they show up to play, they can very easily not only keep the game close and cover the three and a half, they could probably eke out a win. I think the Packers have a little more to play for, but the Bucks are also still on the hunt in the NFC South. So it's, like I said, a weird one to get a read on. Mike Evans, his total receptions is four and a half. I think he catches five balls in this game. So I'll take the over four and a half receptions. Like I said, five, six passes should be more than doable. Um, and I think he gets the job done there. So give me Evans over four and a half, and I'll throw it over to you, Brian. How do you see this one going down, uh, you know, up in Lambeau? Yeah, I've talked about it the last couple of weeks. The Packers cannot stop the run at all. 
This might be the worst run defense I have ever seen in the NFL. So because of that, I'm going to take Rashad White, not just his rushing yards. I like his receiving total, too. So I'm going to take his total yardage. Uh, oh, I believe it's over 99 and a half. The Packers can't stop anybody running the ball. So, yeah, Rashad White is clearing his all-purpose yards total, and he might clear it by 100 yards. So that's my play. Yeah, he uh, he definitely could uh, he could have a day, a field day. I totally agree. But Jack, you uh, you you taking a money line here? You going the player prop route? How is this one playing out as you read it? Yeah, going going the prop route, taking Jordan Love to throw for over two hundred and fifty passing yards, short and sweet. That's it. I like it, man. At home in a spot where they need him to be great. So look for him to be slinging the rock, get an early lead, and keep tacking on points really to put the Put the Bucks away early so that it isn't a close game where anything can kind of happen. Packers need this one bad uh, to kind of just right, right the ship a little bit and, and get back on track. I know we said the Bucks are, are kind of in the hunt there in the NFC South, but Packers probably need this one a little more, especially being at home. So look for them to have a big day, I guess. But that's the place for that one. I think we gave out a little bit of uh, some pretty solid juice there. I think all those plays have a very, very good shot of hitting. Um, so love that there. Mighty, I might even parlay all three of our picks and throw them in the same game parlay. So Commanders Rams. That's what we're moving on to. I don't care. Wait, no, wait, Ryan. wait. Before, no, I'm not doing the No, Falcons before we move on from Falcons I'm Panthers, not doing the I Falcons just want to give a shout-out to Derek Brown. He had a big day last week. That's all I need to say. Ten tackles. He had an interception. Shout-out Derek Brown. War Fuck Eagle. All right. War Eagle. Bullshit. Let's move there's on. the, there's the Auburn. There's the Auburn. There's Auburn fucking kicked right into it. Fucking nut kick. God. Damn, man, another horrible one. This took a turn for the worse. Uh, what are we, squad riding the Rams team over? I'm down. Let's do like, it. Who cares? Like, right, the commanders suck. We would you normally take the Rams minus six and a half here, but I think, Jack, you brought up a good point. Um, minus six and a half, the most public, publicly placed bet, however you want to word that, uh, that's what all the public's on, is minus six and a half. So I don't think – that would be safe, so to speak, to hand out as a squad ride. Um, obviously, hailing the public usually doesn't end out very well. The commanders are horrible, but on the public, how much money's on it, man? Uh, I get real nervous, and we'd be doing you guys a disservice if we handed that out as a squad ride. So we will squad ride. I think we can all be in agreement. Rams, what was it, Brian? Do you know? Was it over 27 and a half team total just for them to score? Do you have a number yeah, on that? It depends what book you find it on, but it'll be around 28. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we're all confident in that number. If They're you gonna can score get at them at 27 and a half or 28 and a half, take their team total. I think they're soaring over it. We all think they're soaring over it. And that's why it's the squad ride of the slate. Should be a pretty ugly game. The Commanders are – they don't have a pulse. They're not very good, obviously. Ron Rivera should have been fired probably two weeks ago. Didn't get fired. Uh, I guess they have the whole respect factor because it's Rivera, you know, been there for a while, this, that, and the third. But, yeah, just give the reins to Eric Bieniemy. He might even already have the reins. They're just letting, uh, you know, Rivera stand there as a statue because it looks nice, I guess. But, uh, yeah, get Bieniemy in there, and uh, we'll see if the commanders can kind of turn it around for next year, which they're in the Eagles division, so I hope they don't. But either way, moving on, 
to the Niners and the Cardinals that this uh, NFL season has been. I mean, every game is every slate is loaded with nonsense games. And I understand there's divisional matchups like this one here, Niners Cardinals. So it's got to happen and it's got to happen twice a year. But man, some of these games have been brutal. Some of these most of these slates have been brutal. We've obviously had some electric games sprinkled in there. I understand every week can't be great, but come on, get out. Enough of that little rant. Niners, Cardinals. I mean, is this a letdown spot for the Niners, or are the Niners just going to blow them out and cover the minus 12 with ease? I'm curious to know what you think, Brian. They're going to cover the minus 12 with ease. Jack? Yeah, they're they're the hottest team in football. I mean, I know what you want to say about the Giants and all that, but they're the hottest. <laughs> They're, they're the best team in football, hottest team in football. I don't I don't care how you want to word it. They're the best team in football. The Cardinals are bottom five in the league. This could be, you know, as as any given Sunday is, you know, an upset spot where they can go, uh, you know, upset like they did Dallas in week three. But, no, I don't think the Cardinals are doing it this time around, uh, even though they have Kyle Murray now. Uh, not that they had him last time, but I still don't think that they have a shot against this Niners team. Uh, all I'm really hoping for in this game is Ayuk out outperforming Debo Samuel. Uh, that's a nice fantasy matchup I've got in first round of playoffs this week. I got Ayuk. He's got Debo. Debo's been red hot. Uh, hope that comes to a halt this week. I didn't give a pick, but uh, my pick will be Ayuk anytime touchdown. But yeah, no, I don't hate the Ayuk play. I, you know, I think the Niners should be able to cover this, but I don't like the 49ers. I hate Dallas, and the Niners are almost turning into uh, an NFC East division team because I can't stand them or their fan base. Like, replace the Niners with the Commanders, and you have three teams. You know, I I don't hate the Commanders because they suck. So there's no reason to hate them because they're just not a threat. The Giants have been horrible, but I have so many friends – And I just, you know, obviously being in Philly is obviously pretty close to New York. So there's just delusion everywhere. And (laughs) New York fans are the worst because they're the most delusional. So it's just, it's, it's, can't stand the Giants, even though they haven't been relevant for at least the last 10 years. I really honestly don't know which way to go here. I guess I'll just take Kyler Murray's rushing yards again and hope for the best. Don't feel confident in it. I know I said this will be a week where I have two or three losses. This is probably one of the losses, but I I can't I can't I, I can't take anything pertaining to the Niners. I hope Brock Purdy goes out there and throws four interceptions, and that's all I got for that game. Uh, yeah, moving on to the Cowboys and the Bills, probably the best game of the slate. Obviously, the Sunday night is a heater as well, which we'll get into next, but. Still a pretty good game, right? The Bills fighting to to stay alive in that playoff picture. Obviously, it's up in Buffalo, too, so going to be a rec- uh, pretty rowdy uh, atmosphere. Bills Mafia will definitely be ready to go, and especially coming off that win in Kansas City, still New York, it's still delusion. Uh, we'll see a lot of fans getting up for this game. And look, I hope they win. That'd be awesome if they could knock Dallas off. And I think they got a real shot to do it. You're not going to catch me taking any Dallas props or or money line spreads or anything. Cowboys even underdogs in this one. There's a reason they're underdogs. Probably going to see a lot of public money on that plus two and a half. I'll take the bills on the money line. Let's get it done, Josh. Help the Eagles out here. 
let you know this is a huge spot for the birds to kind of really really wrap up the nfc east uh you know obviously they still got a win on their on their own but a cowboys loss here would be huge for a lot of different reasons not only the nfc east that means better playoff seating so big spot josh i got faith in you give me the bills money line jack i want to know how you're reading this uh uh, this matchup. Yeah, these these are two good teams. I mean, the Bills have had their struggles this year, but they're a good football team. Josh Allen-led team is, is a good football team. I'm having a tough time getting a read on this game on, you know, who's going to win it. I think both these teams are capable of putting on a kind of performance that, that will get a win against the other really good team. That that fifty point over under is really enticing to take the over, but you know at times both of these defenses have looked rather elite, and uh, both of these offenses have looked you know pretty bad. So I'm just getting I'm I'm having a tough time reading this game. My play in this one is going to be Brandon Cooks over thirty nine and a half receiving yards, so forty plus receiving yards for him, and then I see James Cook. Is sitting at uh fifty one and a oh, is that yeah fifty one and a half receiving uh rushing yards. I'm gonna take the over on that as well. So I've got some uh some some cook and cooks plays here. Uh, <laughs> but all I'm gonna say is it's let, let's cook. Let's hit some overs and let's cook. Let's do it, man. Let's see uh let's see the Bills get a job done here. Brian, how's this one playing out in your head? I love the let them cook parlay. I really want to ride that with you, but. As Auburn basketball legend Malik Dunbar would say, it's about that time. It's about that time the Dallas Cowboys show the world the frauds they are. And the Buffalo Bills have a 53% chance to make the playoffs with a win here. Buffalo Bills are going to win this game. They're going to cover the two and a half. It's in Buffalo. It's going to be rainy conditions. Dallas plays indoors. Dare I say Brandon Aubrey misses his first field goal of his career in this game? He might. He doesn't have that dome to help him out. Buffalo wins the game, and the Dallas Cowboys are frauds. Dallas, you're not getting two championships in one calendar year. Fuck off. Go Bills. Damn right, Brian. Couldn't agree with you more. I know we disagree on a lot, but hell yeah, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. Dallas can kick rocks. Hopefully we see Dak get crushed in this game. Three interceptions, sacked six times. Ugh. I would I would be a very happy, happy camper and top it off with a Bills money line win. Hopefully they cover the spread. And then we'll roll right into Sunday night football, which is another heater. Ravens taking on the Jags. Not much introduction needed here. Jack, I'll just let you take it away, man. We got 10 and 3 Ravens, first place in the AFC, traveling to Jacksonville for this electric Sunday night matchup. You know, I've actually been you know, kicking the can back and forth all week. Should I drive down to Jacksonville, go catch this game? I The jury's still up, all right? We're recording this Friday night. Uh, I very well could wake up tomorrow morning, ship it down to Jacksonville, stay the night down there uh, at a family at the family's place and, and, and go hit go hit the bank on Sunday night, uh, tailgate with some of my cousins down there. I still might go, man. Don't 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 count it out. But uh, I'm super excited for this game. This is one of the games you know you have circled since you know preseason. 
you're looking at it, Lamar, Trevor Lawrence, week 15, you know, third, second, or third, fourth, the last game of the regular season. You know, this is where playoff implications come into play. Uh, I thought that the race for the one seed would be a little bit closer at this point between us and and potentially the Ravens. I didn't know who was going to be king in the north at that point. Uh, but, you know, there's been plenty of issues, especially to the quarterback position around the AFC North. So Lamar playing at an MVP level for this Baltimore team. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm scared. I'm pretty scared for this one. I think that this game, one of two things is going to happen. Either Lamar Jackson comes out here and puts himself as the front runner in the MVP race. Cause I don't understand for what reason it's Brock Purdy. Lamar has been doing it uh, just as good of a record with not as good of a team. I know he's got a good defense, uh, but you know, he's working with Odell Beckham jr. Uh, in his what 10th year in the league, Mark Andrews out for the year, JK Dobbins out for the year. Um, you know, the dude Rashad Bateman can't stay healthy more than two weeks. Uh, so, you know, Lamar's doing it with a lot less. And I think that there's no reason he compared to a Brock Purdy or, or Jalen Hurts, you know, a lot less. So he's my MVP front runner right now. I think he might solidify himself as the MVP front runner, you know, to the public after this Sunday night game against the Jags. Yeah, either either the Jacks take this one home at the bank and really solidify themselves as a legitimate threat for that AFC title, or Lamar Jackson is going to take home the MVP because of this game. Those, those are the two ways I see this. What are my plays for this game? Jags on the money line, Jags on the spread. I mean, come on, what more do you want from me? I'm the delusional Jaguars fan. What do you, what do you guys expect over here? Yeah, and, uh, you know, the plus three and a half isn't, isn't a horrible play. And look, the Jags win this game. The Ravens go to ten and four, and if the Browns win, they go to nine and five. Who's the quarterback of the Browns? No, stop it. Watch out for some magic there. Uh, uh, I I see the Ravens probably winning this game, but I I like the Jags a lot more being at home rather than having to go play up in Baltimore. So I think the Jags have a shot, but obviously the Ravens are a little bit of a hotter team. Um, and and I think the Ravens, for the most part, play pretty well in these primetime type games. Uh, so look out for them, obviously, to, to have a nice night. Yeah, in this one, I'm just going to keep it simple. I think Odell Beckham goes over 37 and a half yards. He had like 130. 20 or 110 receiving yards last week. Um, prime time. Uh, they'll be wearing the black helmets. They'll look super cool uh, in prime time. So I think they're wearing the black helmets. I hope they're wearing the black helmets because they're pretty sweet. But uh, I don't think they'll have some alternative uh, helmet on. But give me Odell's over receiving yards. Hopefully he hits it. 37 and a half is a pretty low number considering he had over 100 last week. Look for Lamar to find him, obviously, with no Mark Andrews. So that's the play I will give you. Brian, how's this one playing out? Yeah, the Jaguars' defense could not stop a blind person running through quicksand. Unfortunately for them, Lamar Jackson is not blind, and he's not running through quicksand. The Ravens are winning this game. The Ravens are going over their team total. And Keaton Mitchell is scoring a touchdown. Definitely a hot matchup, and we could go on and on about this game, but I think all that's left to play is let's see how it plays out Sunday night. 
we hope to see you boots on the ground in the stadium would be pretty electric, man. Uh, so yeah, you kind of heard it from Jack there. If he is boots on the ground, look out for some great content. Cause that is a hell of a game, uh, you know, to, to, to push out for, for content wise. So check out for that. Follow along. We'll definitely promote it. If Jack does pull the trigger. So like I said, look out for it and moving on to the final game of the slate. If you made it this far, you made it to the best one. Birds traveling out to Seattle to take on the struggling Seahawks, right? I mean, the Seahawks started out very good. Nobody expected them really to have an amazing year, but they started out better than most expected and obviously have came back to earth and are kind of where they probably should have been all year. So after the nice start, back down to earth, Eagles, obviously, two disastrous weeks in a row. This is where they figure it out, on the road where they don't usually play well. So definitely not not a very helpful statistic there. But hopefully they figure it out, right? I mean, this is a spot they need to be great. Hurts needs to be great. The turnovers have to stop. If you don't turn the ball over, you're not going to lose the game. I fully believe that with the Eagles. If they take care of the ball, they can move the ball, and the defense has to plug the holes and somehow be competent. I think Geno Smith's back in playing. Get him rattled. The Eagles' defense defensive line is way more talented than the, than the Seahawks' offensive line. Look for them to terrorize not only the running game for Seattle, but to get after Geno Smith. And, you know, it should allow – I mean, look, D.K. Metcalf could have a big day if the uh, D-line doesn't get after it. I know we've seen the Eagles D-backs be worse than Swiss cheese, um, just absolutely getting annihilated the last two weeks. I think they pull it together a little bit here. And it's, it's you know, if, 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 the, uh, if the Cowboys lose, this almost turns into a must win. So – I think they win the game. You win the if the Cowboys lose and you win this game, you're right there for the division because you just have the Giants, the Cardinals, and then the Giants to end the year. And if you can say whatever you want about the Giants, I don't give a crap. The Eagles are not losing those games. I really don't give a shit. If you want to talk about Tommy DeVito, this sat in the third, wait till big Jalen Carter's flying at him and fucking lazes almost 300 pound body on him we'll see how tommy cutlets gets up like that he's going to be flatter than a cutlet i'll tell you that much so big juice on the birds give me them on the spread minus three i hate the push so i'll take the two and a half look for them to win big too want to be surprised if they win by 10 i think the defense should be able to step up but the only thing that scares me is on the road where the eagles statistically i don't think play very well but The biggest thing in this game and to look out for is the Eagles D-line versus the Seahawks O-line. I think that is where the game will be won. Eagles have a way better D-line than the Seahawks O-line. Look for them to get after it. Uh, Jack, I'll start with you. Are you reading it that same way? Or, you know, did the uh, Seahawks play spoiler in a sense of, you know, just kind of really disrupt the Eagles end of the season here? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I mean, I think, you know, I got to I gotta backtrack you on that real quick. I mean, I understand what you're saying there, but 
The Seahawks aren't playing spoiler. They're six and seven, but they're in the hunt. They, you know, they they're one of those teams that ex doesn't listen to the noise on the outside, like like a Steelers or something like that, and expects to be in the playoffs every single year. Um, that's sort of the culture that Pete Carroll has built there. Um, that is what Geno Smith is 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 you know really he's a mature guy. That's what he's expecting. That's what he's commanding. You know DK Metcalf, the drama queen that he is. That's what he wants. He wants the playoff experiences. He wants the Super Bowls. He wants to do all that. But um, so you know they're they're very motivated to win this game. There's no doubt about that. They've got a tough road ahead of them with with this Philadelphia team. I think what you said about that Philly D line against the Seahawks O-line, that is going to be a key matchup in this one. But another key matchup in this one is going to be the Eagles DBs against these Seahawks wide receivers. Um, I think everyone was a little confused when the Seahawks took Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, with their first round pick this year. When you have a guy like DK Metcalf and his number two is Tyler Lockett, you know, one of the better duos in the league. Um, and then you go ahead and you, you spend your first round pick on a on a, a rookie wide receiver, and, and don't get me wrong, he big guy at Ohio State, uh, a lot of promise and all that. But the way that they use all three of them, I still am not a huge fan of it. But let's see if they can do that, uh, use all three of them effectively and, and expose a relatively bad secondary for this Eagles team. Um I like in this game, I like Geno Smith to go over on his passing yards. I think that they're going to find absolutely zero success on the ground. Ken Walker has been battling injuries, same with Zach Charbonnet. Um, they, they, they really don't have you know, a healthy back to go out there. So I think a lot of this is going to fall on Geno's shoulders. And, you know, with the way that they're pretty much backed up against the wall, I think this is time for Geno to shine and, and do everything, you know, give it everything that he can. Because if they lose this game, I, th I think their playoff hopes are shot. So this is going to be a big one for Seattle at home with the 12th man behind them. Uh, I'm not going to take them on the spread or the money line, but I am going to have Geno Smith to go over on his passing yards. But, Brian, I know you obviously got an anti-play here. Uh, I guess I'll sit here and listen to it because I kind of have to. But let's, let's hear it, man. Yeah, this one's a bit of a stretch. Uh, there was a very popular sitcom called Cheers way back in the day. Uh, the therapist character on there, name was Frazier, had a spinoff show called Frazier. Cheers took place in Boston, but Frazier took place in Seattle. So I'm stealing the Cheers theme song because it was better. But Frazier was on Cheers. So it all works out, all right? It's a Seattle Seattle song. Making my way through the world today takes everything Gino's got. Taking a break from all your worries, just gotta beat the Eagles. Wouldn't you like to win the game? Sometimes all you gotta do, throw the ball to DK. He's gonna score a TD. Gino Smith over on the passing yards. Kenneth Walker scoring too. Seahawks gonna win the game so uh that's what gino over passing yards kenneth walker to score dk to score and yeah and seahawks money line little four piece all right so if you want a donation tail that play as brian hands out an anti-eagles parlay once again has not been hot on them at all this year the only times he had a shot to be hot he doesn't hand out the anti-play so Look, 
it's a spot where he, he doubles down on it and comes back to it. And it's a spot where the Eagles really need to show up and step up and win. So I don't say, you know, we'll see what happens because it's not crazy plays. If you remember back in the beginning of the season, Brian was handing out like Brian Robinson, three touchdown anti Eagles parlays, which might've so, been the closest, honestly, <laughs> which, almost honestly got there. which honestly looking back on it. Yeah, it might've been, but, uh, but yeah, there's the anti-Eagles parlay. But other than that, great show, guys. I know it went a little longer because, um, you know, w- the buys are done. And uh, so we get a lot, of, you know, the the extra games there. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of good stuff in there. But I'm looking to go red hot. I'm really confident in in my picks and honestly in, in all our picks this week. I think, I think yeah. we really locked in and gave some good analysis and some good picks. So – Looking to stay red hot. I'm definitely tailing a good amount of what we handed out um, this week. So not only are you know we just handed out picks, I'm I'm taking just about all of them, and I feel really confident to go really strong um, and have a strong weekend. So should be a fun one. We're getting right up against the holidays. Make sure you guys are aware we are splitting it up into three parts next week for the NFL pod. So just kind of be alert for that and look out for different content as those start to drop. Don't be like, whoa, they missed a bunch of games or whoa, this or whoa, that. We got you covered. We'll hit the slate. We'll hit the games. And we have a shit ton of more content that's going to be dropping as well. So look out for all the bull miss fun. And other than that, I got nothing left. Let's have a freaking weekend, boys. Welcome to the jungle, Bronny. Good luck. You're going to need it. Lamar gets sacked, son.